Welcome to Counseling with Dr. Trevor and what are the five key personality factors? Psychologists have identified five personality traits which go into making up a person's whole personality. And this hasn't been done lightly or even just recently, but over decades and involving many thousands of people from all races, genders, and socioeconomic status and many different languages. So not everyone absolutely agrees with the notion of personality being broken up in this way, but this of course is normal for science in most areas. But yet this is the clearest picture that we have. These traits collectively are often referred to as the big five, and the five traits may give us an indication of what we are best suited to, for example, in terms of a job, and maybe a clue as to why we differ with some other people, and subsequently can obviously struggle with them in terms of working or personal relationships. So understanding this might help soothe and maintain some of those relationships, and I certainly hope that it does. The body of research underpinning this, as I mentioned briefly, is literally huge. And maybe you're interested in finding out your own score, and there are numerous big five personality test online options for you to go and check that, uh, which you might want to do uh, before you continue with the rest of the podcast. So let's get into it then. There are five traits. One, number one is openness to experience. And openness to experience is broken down into two factors, which are openness and intellect. So it relates to creativity, interest in arts, for example, literature or music or film or painting, etc. And intelligence, especially verbal intelligence. People high in this trait are seen as intelligent, smart and creative. They're probably very interested in learning, reading and acquiring new skills. High scorers also might find it hard to concentrate on any one thing as they are so exceptionally interested in everything. It becomes difficult to settle and to focus. So why do we have this trait then? Well, I guess innovation would never take place if we didn't. This trait, in all probability coupled with high conscientiousness, which we'll talk about soon, will be present in some of the world's greatest problem solvers. If you have extremely high openness to experience, you may also struggle to keep your thinking on track as you leap quickly from idea to idea, whereas scoring very low may mean a certain inflexibility and narrow viewpoints. So, trait number two then, uh, as I mentioned, conscientiousness. And conscientiousness is broken down into two subsections of industriousness and orderliness. So, industriousness is obviously hard work, and orderliness is the way in which you need to keep things under control. So the degree to which you work hard or see a task through to completion and literally the way you like or need to have things in order. You won't be surprised to learn orderliness is a good predictor of job career success but also a predictor of success per se. So imagine you've got two athletes now and they've got similar genetics. Both are javelin throwers. One fastidiously records their workouts in the gym, all the sets and all the reps, what they eat and their body composition and never misses a workout. And one sort of does these things, but in a slightly more haphazard way, occasionally misses a task here and there. The outcomes will probably make a great difference especially in competition where the gap between winning and losing is such a very small margin. So at the heart of um, orderliness then is a need for cleanliness and a dislike of dirt essentially, mess and uncleanliness, maybe born out of our desire to avoid disease. 
clinical psychologist and supremo uh, web presence Jordan Peterson points out the downside to extreme orderliness when he suggests that the Nazi regime was certainly very conscientious. So conscientiousness can be really helpful but in extreme cases also means rigid, obsessive uh, and, and not particularly nice. On the other hand extremely low conscientiousness and you've got an undisciplined and haphazard sort of careless person which could again have it come along with its own problems. Okay let's move on to trait number three of the big five which is extroversion. An extroversion is broken down further into enthusiasm and assertiveness and the de degree to which you are extroverted versus introverted it's not as simple as dancing on tables and always needing to be the centre of attention being extrovert and locked away alone with a book equaling introvert but it well yes it kind of does mean that but highly extrovert types may also be overly dominant and impulsive in their behaviours whereas extremely introverted types are likely to be more prone to isolation and possibly depression okay uh, let's move on to trait number four which is agreeableness and agreeableness is broken down further into compassion and politeness so on the positive side of being high in this trait you may be nurturing caring and really good at seeing the good in other people you may also not be very good at bargaining and tend to avoid conflict women in general are more agreeable than men this is a representation of data not my opinion high disagreeableness well that would equal prison uh, as this will tend to be the trait higher in criminal versus non-criminal populations. Uh, it doesn't mean that anybody who's disagreeable will also be uh, incarcerated, but it's about the likelihood. In other words, there's a downside to being high or very high in agreeableness and also for being highly disagreeable. If you're a highly agreeable person, you might struggle to assert yourself and bargain for a pay rise, for example, but a low level of agreeability may spell out callousness, aggression and bullying. We also tend to become more agreeable despite what you may think with age. Okay and now moving finally on to trait number five which is emotional stability um, and breaks down further again into withdrawal and volatility. It's perhaps somewhat less kindly termed as neuroticism, um, the emotional stability trait. So it's obviously seen uh, as a negative trait as it relates to our susceptibility to emotional pain, sadness, fear and anxiety and yet it has been imprinted into the human personality for a good reason. Probably survival by worrying about things such as predators or dangerous people and situations that are liable to kill us. So if you score highly for neuroticism or emotional stability, it suggests more anxiety and emotional pain to deal with, whereas very high emotional stability, uh, in other words you score lower for, a, for emotional stability, suggests risk-taking or dangerous behaviour which again comes along with its own problems. So I suppose the take-home message from all these five traits, um, which can be encapsulated in the acronym OCEAN, if you go openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness and neuroticism, uh, ha that, that in all cases these traits have got um, good and bad factors attached to being high or low in any of the scores. So yet again another area of hum human uh, understanding where moderation to some extent might be the key. Um, 
really one of the questions people most often will ask about these personality traits is what am I supposed to do about it? You know, if I recognize and see uh, where I'm high and low in different scores, that's great and it tells me something about myself, but what am I supposed to do? Well, I mean, personality traits, first of all, it's an important thing to say are, are almost certainly an inherent part of us from birth. Even little babies can be more or less emotionally stable than their, than their siblings, than their fellow babies. So ask anybody who's got several kids about the truth behind that. So to some extent, these traits are fixed. There is, however, the notion that we might stretch some of these traits to suit ourselves a little. So let me confess here, I score low in one of the most useful traits, conscientiousness. I'd give you an example, but I can't be bothered. I am low, especially in the part of the trait which relates to orderliness, although I'm also fairly industrious, it has to be said. Um, and being low in orderliness can be a problem. It means I put a lot of effort in because I'm high in industriousness, but don't always keep things in great order. So as we get older, we probably become more conscientious and more orderly than when we were young. And I think that's also probably true for me. But when I'm trying to get things done, it's often been a real problem. Filing is often not filed, just left somewhere vaguely related to the work. And to be honest, many times I've just not been able to cross the T's and dot the I's in a whole host of tasks. So what can I do? I suppose to stretch this trait in a more positive direction, I can at least be aware of it and be careful to do partnership work with more conscientious types. I'm also high in agreeableness, so won't want to let them down, which might help me in turn with my conscientiousness. And I can purposefully use tricks like to-do lists and similar things that ensure I stick to tasks uh, and also might have to accept a certain limitation at the same time to my level of conscientiousness and provide something else, for example, uh, zest, creativity and hard work or industriousness to a project, whilst asking my partners to assess and work on the level of detail, for example. Uh, downside to that would be people not really understanding each other well and expecting a very not-so-conscientious person to become very conscientious and so forth. Uh, there's the, the devil will be in the detail and the communication between partners in this. Our analysis is a little bit slim here, as you'll discover if you go in depth, for example, on the five traits. Um, each of them are broken down into two, two subsections, and each subsection is represented uh, in the brackets in the blog article, and I've mentioned them briefly in this podcast. But if you really want to go into detail on this and gain a comprehensive report of what your traits say about you, I highly recommend Jordan Peterson's personality test, which can be found at https forward slash forward slash www.understandmyself.com forward slash. And that gives you a comprehensive overview of your scores for the personality traits and where you feature in relation to the a normative sample of a population, whether you're high or low, etc. But also add some interpretation to your scores to suggest what that might mean. And as an added bonus, as an added feature, you can have your partner complete the analysis as well so that the two things dovetail and the the 
work by Jordan Peterson gives you some indication of what might need to be looked for in relation to the two people getting on successfully in that partnership. So with that whirlwind quick tour of the big five, I will leave you and hope to see you again on Counseling with Dr. Trevor.